This episode of the EDM podcast is brought to you by EDM Foundations. If you're a new producer and you're stuck with tutorials and you're not sure where to go, EDM Foundations might be the answer. We've had over 4,800 producers join and level up their foundational skills by practically making four pro-level tracks rather than learning a bunch of theory and concept. So if you want to stop wasting time and nail your music, head to edmprod.com slash edm-foundations. That's edmprod.com slash edm-foundations. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the EDM podcast. Today, we are joined by Slumberjack, uh, who we both have here in the virtual studio. How are you guys going? Good. Very, very good. How are you? Very good. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really good as well, guys. Thanks for jumping on. Um, this is actually the first interview I've done with two people in two different locations. So hopefully, like, <laughs> I don't screw up. That would be good. <laughs> well, at this point in the interview, normally, I mean, you guys are a duo kind of both originally from the Perth area. So for those of you who, I mean, like, I think 90% of the people who listen to this are like from America, but Perth's like the other side of Australia. So like the kind of it's kind of off by itself in some ways. Um, well, in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, but yeah, you guys kind of both started Slumberjack there and uh, now you kind of are both living in different areas but still doing the um, duo. Mm-hmm. So for those of you, for those out there who haven't maybe heard about you guys or um, have don't know your background, do you guys want to like dive in a bit to how you guys started Slumberjack and where you both come from musically, etc.? Fletcher, yeah. you want to go? Yeah, for sure. So we, we, I mean, Morgan has been, we've both been doing music for, you know, a long, a long time, um, dabbling with, mm. I started doing electronic music stuff when I was like 10, 11, just, I've always been fascinated with computers and, and computer games and, and just being able to do things on computers. So naturally, mm. um, I, I wanted to try and make music on computers. There was this like science museum in Perth, which I used to go to like every weekend and part of that, they had like a like a music studio room, and there was this software called Do Re Mix, where you could basically just like drag little like mini loops and make songs. And I think when I was like ten or something, I went and did like a school holidays program there, and we like made our own song and printed it to like cassette tapes. And I was just so stoked that I had this thing that was like a song that I'd made, and I could go home and play it on the on the the home you know stereo system. And from then, I was kind of hooked. Um, you know, Morgs and I connected years later because we both found this like kind of obscure music making software called Sony Acid Music Studio, which um, mm-hmm. yeah is featured in this like famous video of Rusko teaching you how to make dubstep yes. from like the nineties. Um, any I've seen that one. Seen that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, um, such a good one. <laughs> so we both kind of messed around with that, um, and we actually eventually met in two thousand and thirteen. Um, after we'd both won um, separate years of a DJ competition in Perth called uh, Limelight DJ Competition. And we decided, you know what, we should just get together, make some music. I was kind of just messing around with music uh, on my own project, like it was dubstepy, glitch hoppy kind of stuff. Morgs was basically just getting into electronic Mm. music and producing, like not really knowing how to produce but coming from more Mm. of like a classical music instrumentalist background. Awesome. Um, and then 
we kind of got um, you know interested in this in this new wave of like future bass that was being pioneered by guys like Flume and Wave Racer yeah. uh, at the time and just kind of drilled into that. And I think we got really lucky with the timing of that because we were, you know, just sort of starting to make that music as it was becoming popular yeah, and rode that wave, you know, into what the Australian scene is now. Yeah, that that's true because I remember like one of my favorite tracks from you guys was Horace, which uh, what year did that come out? 2014 maybe? 14, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, year, the year after we started making music. Yeah, because that's yeah. still on like one of my all-time favorites playlists. Like it <laughs> comes up now and then I'm like, oh, this is, this is sick. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was definitely around that time of like when, you know, Flume and those kind of acts, especially like Australian electronic music seemed to be like booming kind of internationally a bit more yeah. too, which was really cool. Mm. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I actually really want to quickly ask about Perth as well because like once again, for those of you out there who don't really know Australia, um, like Perth is kind of by itself, but it has a strangely kind of like for a small town, I guess, small city, let's call it a small city. Um, it has like a pretty good electronic music scene. In fact, I'd say like like it's kind of a, sp- a specific pool of sound seemed to kind of really take off there. Did that really help your guys' career kind of launch? Do you think, do you think that had a lot to do with it or? Yeah, um, lots. I think there's a misconception with people going, you know, to, to, to tell musicians or producers on a, on a come up um, that you need mm. to be in a big city. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where Fletch said something about there's something to do with luck there. We, we were lucky to be based in Perth because it's not, uh, it's not too small of a city for people to not tour in. It's still a place yeah. where m- a lot of artists come through mm. and us being pretty much one of the few electronic um, future-based producers at the time that live yes. here, we get to link up with basically all the artists that c- came through. Mm. So uh, we got to, you know, when we first started, we got to meet Mr. Carmack. I actually hosted a little party at my house and Mr. Mm. Carmack came about and and hung out. And that's where we sort of had that relationship and then um um who else came like you know we we met foreign beggars when they came over for Stereosonic and mm. just a bunch of artists coming like what's so not to like we hang out now we still hang out till this yeah. day you know so it's awesome. like it's sort of like when you come to perth you, you ask yourself like whose studio can i go in and jam with like you think about summerjack so we're lucky in that regard that um mm. our location allowed us to be friends with um with a lot of the our peers in the music industry. Um, mm. And then on the musical side of things, uh, I think because we are so isolated from the East Coast, or at least more is- relatively isolated compared to other cities in Australia, mm. yeah, we sort of had to make things ourselves and go b- about our own way. Sure. Uh, so th- there's another smaller mic- microcosm that's happening in Australia. There was a, there was us. There was uh Hals, uh justin and then there was also yep. like uh, sable sable yeah oh, yep. um and then at the time palace uh, who's now running lab six the music production you know super school here um so yep. we're just a bunch of us hanging out together and then we sort of have developed our own little thing going on and supported each other in that local community the sad thing is like ever, ever since moving back from los angeles i, I feel like that um that feel has is, is gone or at right. least i i hope it's it's starting off somewhere else, but like I don't really feel that smaller supportive community as much sure. in Perth anymore. Even when I speak to um, newer and upcoming producers as well. 
Do you feel so like when do you feel like when you guys were in LA though that was like obviously LA is like the hotbed of electronic music in a lot of ways. So do you feel like you came back from like this huge community and it was a bit like different to that or do you just think it was in general just different? Such? I mean, unfortunately when we came back it was it was like covid. So by default yeah. there was like no community because there was no shows and no, nothing sure. happening. Um I think that probably was one of the main exas- like factors that kind of killed a lot of the the community of what was going on. Um, yeah. I think LA though like it was a big electronic music community but it was also very like very hustle focused. Sure. Um, which kind of I feel takes away from the community. It's a bit it's like everyone's just like hustling so hard that it's like yes. It's like everyone's just kind of trying to do their thing and smash it out and bang 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 and at the same time not doing anything if that makes sense like yeah we're focusing so hard on hustling that they forget to actually hustle yeah, yeah. right and we we did the same thing you know like it happened to us we 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 were not that productive musically when in LA right we 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 did some great stuff and had some great experiences met amazing people um and, and you know of course it was a, a, an amazing base to tour the states from which we did a lot of but uh we we didn't write that much music and we right. didn't write that much great music. I think, you know, we, when we came back from LA, we wrote the dichotomy album in, in a year. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I, think, I, I, yeah. I, I, LA kind of feels like that place where you go to hang out and meet a lot of people for you to do work remotely when you're somewhere else. Yeah. Like it's, it's like it's, a networking opportunity while you're there. Yeah, but then when you like, go back into your, yeah. There's too many parties in LA. I, like we're serious when we say it. Like yeah. Monday night party, Tuesday there, there is one. If you want one, you, you're a text message away, and sure. you'll find one. And um, while that well, well that was fun. I, I, I and I'm sure it, it works for some some people, but not for Fletcher and myself. Yeah, it, it kind of just um, it made me uh, personally it made me feel like. I was not doing enough because you hear about everything else that everyone else is doing. Yeah. But you're not doing some guy will be like, yo, I'm a stunt man, man. Like I, like I used to work for Jackie Chan and I'm like, whoa, why, why am I not a stunt man? And yeah. then the other guy goes like, yo, I'm like a pyrotechnics guy for this live show that we're doing. And I was like, why am I not? Doing-? But you're not doing that. You're, you're, you're a musician. You yeah. Yeah. So you kind of feel like it's always what you always think about the stuff that you're not doing, but it's not yeah. true. Yeah, wow. That's interesting. I guess, yeah, that's where people move to get success. So it's like everyone there is going to be at least doing something that sounds cool. That's yeah. a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, you mentioned the album Dichotomy, which we will um, definitely dive into a bit because um, I'm, I'm curious, did like uh, one thing I will mention about it, because I gave it a listen just before this interview, it's sick without giving too much away for for your release date um but like do you feel like when you moved back to australia from la like did you feel like fueled musically because of that like lack of ability to do it there and like there's quite a a lot of diverse sound like diverse sounding tunes on the album as well so i feel like was that like a this kind of like thing that built up over time that you're like we have to just write all these tunes now like well how did that kind of all come about so like we've always had in the back of our minds this idea that we're going to do an album it's kind of 
it's a it's a bucket list thing for an artist, yeah. right? Yeah, it's more like a being, personal goal thing as well. Yes, you know, doing doing a bigger, wider body of work like that. And I think, yeah, you're right. Like all these kind of ideas and concepts which we had floating around, but never really been able to finish yeah. because we didn't have this tool set, we didn't have the time, mm. we didn't have the focus, um, or, or the reason really to do it. Uh, mm. Because when you're releasing singles, you you release three, four singles a year. That's it. Like you, you can write more than four songs in a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like that's all you can release. So it was sort of like we had a lot of content that we just didn't, well, like, what's the point of finishing this? It's not going to come out for like two years. Mm. Whereas if we're doing an album, you know, there's 12 tracks on the album, spoiler. Um, yeah. Then, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you've got the space to put all these things in. And then we've also got, you know, a whole bunch of other tracks, spoiler, that we'll put out after the album as companion yeah. type projects um yes. so, so or, or songs that don't make it didn't make it an album you know yeah. not, not that they're bad songs they just didn't fit the story of the album yeah so, yeah um yes exactly that that all these all these different crazy ideas that we were like now we can finish it now we can sit down and, and do it and focus on it and have a reason to finish them mm. um that we, we did well it's not that that's also because the album is a longer body of work where we could do non-single tracks like Fletcher yeah. was saying that we can put up four songs, but if they're, not, they're not just four songs. They're, they're four singles. They're four singles designed for a specific purpose, either the dance floor or yeah. uh, radio, right? Um, yeah. And then and then you have experimental works that sort of not doesn't really fit in either of those worlds, but you still want to put it up because that's creatively where, where we're at. Yes. And having an album gives us the... Not the reason, but the, the you can always put it out if you really want to, but the space to do it in, in a manner where it's cohesive. So having 12 tracks and looking at it as a bigger body of work, you can then include these cooler, weirder experimental tracks to sort of, sort of transition between maybe a clubby single into a club single and the in-between tracks. Yeah. You know, the, that's the, the in-betweeners. That's, I don't yes. like calling them fillers. It's not a filler track. Like, no, have- they, they, they create like a specific point in the journey that wouldn't make sense necessarily by itself. Like, yeah, it just yeah. And, and serves as a place where listening to two different styles, hence the name dichotomy, mm. uh, won't make the artist, won't make the listener feel like they, it's such an abrupt shift, mm. you know, because there's already two of us in the studio and, Fletch or Fletch enjoys multiple genres. I enjoy multiple genres, and we always suffer yes. with the idea that, um, w- with the notion that there's too many chefs in the kitchen. So yeah, yeah. we already have to severely minimize stuff, and then now we have to come up with a way to introduce the listener or the fans to the stuff we enjoy making. And one could be a crazy cyberpunk banger, and then one could be a nice, you know, like not for you with Nicole Miller's vocals on it. Like, how do you yeah. transition and lead people into these things? Mm. yeah that's it's very true because like obviously you guys kind of have a i would say like a central home kind of style like within that loosely within that like trap slash future based sound but you definitely go out of that quite a bit like you know with some of the more like house down like not not down tempo but like house mid tempo yeah mid tempo yeah maybe that's, yeah. that's a better word um like sound with some of your tunes and, and then there's like a bit of that on the new album, obviously, which people will get to hear when it's out. Um, but like, what's kind of, I guess, your overarching philosophy with like your production process? Like, is there, is it just like have fun, or is it just like try and like try a bunch of different genres? Like, 
because it definitely has a unifying sound to it. Like you, you guys at Slumberjack have a sound, but there's a lot of flexibility. It feels like you guys have with that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think for us, it's a it's a textural thing. Yeah, in terms of like maybe not texture in the sense of like um, how you would normally think of tech. Te- I mean, texture is a it's a physical word. It has no real meaning in sound, but if you mm. try and map what texture in the real world would sound like would, would sound like that's kind yeah. of how we imagine slumberjack sound like the slumberjack sound has a texture to it yes um, so we try not to like categorize ourselves by a bpm which is i think happens a lot people say oh you're a house artist you're a dubstep artist you we, we drum use drum and bass i'd and say we use souffledge yeah those those Years genres ago. are kind of tied to tempos like house is 128 and and drum and bass is 174 170 yeah. to 174 like you know mid tempo is literally it's in the name like it's it's 115 and then <laughs> you know so we try not to say that oh we're an artist that makes this bpm because that's just such to me that's such a weird way to classify your music like you Fair. lock yourself to a tempo like there's so many different things that you could choose to latch onto other, other than a tempo yeah. um so we sort of choose this like this textural thing that it's like okay you can put a song like um poison which is like 164 bpm next to a song like i don't know pain, pain which, mm. is, um, eight which is 108 which is 108 and they both like i i think they both kind of sound like slumberjack and yeah um have have that like feeling about the synths like it's a an, an airiness like maybe mm. almost a little bit scratchy in yeah. the sound um is yeah. kind of how i imagine it and I think another another point for us to sort of touch upon is when when Fletch and I are getting out of that idea phase and then developing a song fully. Yeah. To, uh, and I think that, that that's the secret. And people ask what the secret is to have a, a, a sound that people can recognize across all genres. Sure. Um, there's no real secret. Our secret is that it can fit into what we think is the future of big picture. So like if you could hmm. put our song and imagine a scene in your head um, and that cinematic, and, and I use this with quotation mark, it's not, hmm. we're not just going for the straight Hans Zimmer Falkhorns for cinematic effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just if you could place it underneath or with a moving picture and it makes sense and it, it, it will evoke a certain feeling, then yeah. I think that's kind of slumberjacky or at least that's where we're, we're heading, heading towards. We've always spoke about film work um when fletch and i started out we've always yeah. talked about it um and many times i mean if people follow us on instagram they'll always see when we're in a studio together we tend to test out demos on scenes that are already um like you you see it in in hollywood uh, yeah. or cinemas like for example the start of um and and you know for fans to listen to one of the tracks um it we actually tested one of it to an asahi ad and then we tested one right. of the endings to the scene where i think it was it 2012 where the monk was hitting the the monk was hitting the 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 temple and then this massive tsunami just wipes everything out i think i think i know what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. so like we tested it on that scene too and nice that's 300 we tested 300 fight scene yeah yeah the slow-mo that's fight a, scene that's the good fair like good one for any like aggressive bass music just like yeah. just test it against the 300 scene and, <laughs> yeah and just and just see if it gives you that same like oh yeah that feeling then yeah when yeah you take the picture where at least you you have a better chance of ev- evoking that same feeling 
for sure um, in your listeners mm. that's a very powerful underrated technique yeah like pairing your music even with it as you say existing visuals like yeah. it just gives it a bit more context and do you find it also gives you more ideas like if there's something like a track is missing or something you're like oh like i don't know i just suddenly have like an idea like that i can do to fix that like does that happen sometimes too like you go back into the studio yeah always yeah. it happens all the time it depends on sometimes we get inspired by other films so like mm. even if we pair something and we see a certain scene and we're like oh did Fletch disappear oh no there oh, you go there we go when we yeah. when we when we pair a scene to a song we're like okay wow that scene looks so cool we need this like major chord moment and yeah. then then we'll do that to the song or uh sometimes it's the other way around we go to the cinema to watch a film that we want to watch for example um uh the opening of pain was very inspired by ludwig garanson's work in tenet right um, yeah. it was that pulsing bass that also sounded like it's reversing over time so it's going sure. forward so it's, it's going so it's like reversing and going forward and and it was juxtaposed between two different sounds so it started to move in and out um and when i heard that um in 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 tenant i told flesh we need to try this out so we for the first time um well throughout the album writing process we whipped out an analog synth to then recreate that because it was a lot harder to recreate that digitally sure um, it's a lot easier to just move with your hands and then the the the, the change in the pulse starts syncopating it's yeah, like right yeah immediately after that movie i think a week later that baseline was in yeah that's cool. yeah movies are great especially sound design like amazing yeah, tenant was crazy for the sound design it it also helps okay. us like keep our songs as simple as we can mm. um because if one thing that's really cool about soundtracks is that the quality of each sound is so high but it's so minimal so you don't hear yes and i think that's a problem with a lot of at least like super loud edm right it's like yeah. the more the like the maximal is is the approach yes and you know, you got to overlayer things, but like Tenet mm. is one sound. Um, mm. the, the the scene where the Joker first appeared in Batman or The Dark Knight Rises was was a detuned guitar uh, going away from a distorted cello. It's just yeah. two two things, and it gives you that feeling. So, yes, Dichotomy yeah. was sort of taking that approach where we're not. There are maximalist tracks in an album too, but there are very minimalist tracks too. Awesome. So we yeah. looked at it that way. How big can we make one sound? It's the question that we did ask ourselves a lot. I feel like you guys as well utilize a lot of changes over time. Like I feel like, and this is something I recommend to producers if they're wanting to add more interest in their tracks. It's like, don't look at how much is happening at once. Like, yeah. Look at what's happening over the course of an entire track. And that's a much more, I don't know, like interesting creative way to add differences in your music. Mm -hmm. I feel like you guys, especially with percussion, like I listen to your music and like there's these percussion hits that kind of come out of nowhere that's different to what's come before. Like, um, yeah, like I think that's, is that something like you guys are pretty intentional with? Like just percussion in general, I feel like is a very strong thing for you guys. Yeah. yeah well, we call mm -hmm. it ear candies. Yeah. yeah. Ear candies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, percussion is, is kind of how you can get a lot of expression into the drums because, you know, drums are sort of, you're locked with your kick, snare, and hat, right? Yeah. Hats, uh, hats. They can have character, but it's basically just same, a hat. Same as kick, though. I feel like snare is the back, the spine. Snare yeah, you can, you can, you can have an interesting snare, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's, it's still going to be within a realm of, of sounds, you know. Yes. Um, whereas percussion is where you can sort of really add a lot of source and define, you know, what a track is going to sound like. Are you going to have 
um, mm. you know, barky sticks and and like more um, dollar, Indian dollar, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you can have tribal sounds and percussions, or you can have very electronic sounds, or you can have, yeah. uh, you know, jungle sounds, and or you can really bring a lot of the character to a track through the percussions and and variation. Mm. The key yeah. is just not to overdo it, and we we spent you know a lot of time stripping back percussion tracks. Sometimes we have like twelve, yeah. fifteen different channels of different percussion, and it's like, do we need all these sounds? Yeah. And it's funny because you mentioned Horus because percussion pay, plays a really important role in that. The yeah. percussion is the lead as well. Part of the yeah, basically, yeah, like that um, plucky poppy sound is like mm. part of the hook. Like, yeah, yeah. that is so actually we, my that's that's my tongue. That was actually recorded. <laughs> I remember, awesome. I remember telling Fletcher needs to sound like this, and he goes, "I like, just record it." Then I was like, "What? Seriously?" I said, like, yeah. "We need to find this," and he's like, "Yeah, just just record that." <laughs> that's that's great. It's like yeah, one of the most iconic things about that track. I think yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> so much fun to do. It's true what you say though, like, yeah, if you layer too much, it, it is a balancing act. I think each layer needs to have like purpose as well. Like I'm like Correct. I'm a drum yeah. yeah, I'm a drum and bass producer predominantly. So like I'll like put in like like an old school break layer or something to like give it because they have these characteristics and I think you used one on that jungly tune. I can't remember which one that's coming out on the album. Yeah. But um yeah, like they add a certain characteristic, but if you just put too many in, like none of them, ha- like you lose the yeah. character of like all of them. If that yeah. makes sense. It's like you can overdo that kind of thing um, with drums, well, with synths, with anything really. Um, and yeah, you de- guys definitely have like a um, very nuanced sound. That being said, do you guys have any like specific effective approaches to layering sounds when you do do that kind of thing? Um, I we just we stick to the basics. Yeah, you know? we make sure we don't layer sounds that sit in the same um frequency spectrum so like yep. layering a super soul with another super soul like it's to, to, to me that doesn't make any sense yeah at all yeah. and i i see it a lot in um because fletch and i also teach a little bit on the side cool. um to you know prospective clients that, that need some consult consulting help but to look at you know people coming in and go like hey i got a super soul and a super square together and you're like well the square is in the saw, so you don't. Yeah, really, yeah. You're just making certain harmonics louder. Yeah. Um, so Fletch, I, Fletch and I kind of took about two years to sort of understand that layering is done across the spectrum, not on the same one. It doesn't make any sense. So that's exactly. that's our rule of thumb. Um, yeah. And then um, if we have to layer something that's on the same thing, uh, it needs to make musical sense. So a lead over Super Saw, because Super Saw takes a lot of space, then yeah. the lead will have to be the, the slightly louder one that sings over the top of it. But that's mm. it. Like we, we tend to keep to this, the, the most basic things. Cool. Um, like if, even with the conversation of, you know, we could talk about dynamics processing all day uh, with compression. But Fletch and I actually don't use compression too much at all. Yeah. You have never. I've never seen. I actually, if you look at summer jack projects, you don't see the compressor getting slammed. I see yeah. it in a lot of other people's projects. Ours is just like teetering, like such an old school traditional way to use a compressor. Yeah, like just to mass massage is the term I've heard used. Like yeah. to massage the sounds together. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just saturate. So when you saturate, that's basically just a really fast compressor. So for yeah. sure, like it's just getting it cut off and getting those yeah. nice harmonics in there. Yeah, yeah, nice. Actually, I want um. I'm curious to know, like, how do you guys work as a duo? Like, do one of you do certain things most of the time, or is it just kind of like a, like a, 
like a bit of a whatever goes sort of situation. Yeah, um, we're lucky yeah. that we can we can easily do that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much whatever goes. I, recently, we've right. been doing a lot of um, like Zoom sessions because obviously I'm in Sydney, Morgan's in Perth, so yeah, we have like a pretty good workflow where we can get the screen up and then we can both kind of just like work on a project together remotely. Sick. We basically just kind of discuss what needs to be done and agree <clears throat> on certain parts and disagree on certain parts and then omit certain parts. And then then we do it on, on our own time. So we go like, oh, because there's two of us, there's always two projects going on at the same time. Fletcher, you do this, I do that for this project. Yep. And when we meet up, we talk about it and we swap. Yeah. And then the project keeps going. So um, it's it's quite an efficient way to do it. And like we're lucky to have each other because anytime a project hits a a block, for either of us we just have to switch it that's really cool actually yeah because so then yeah it seems like you both kind of have your own ideas and then just cross cross them over so you guys are always having a pool that's awesome most of the time it's discussion on which idea stays and minimization sure Um, i also oddly think that's part of our sound as well so you Mm. you you can see um in, in our style of writing there's a lot of call and responses and that's that's mm. quite quintessentially Summerjack because there's two of us. So I'll put an idea in and Fletcher would then respond to the idea or change the call and then I'll have new response. So we yeah. ended up having to marry two ideas. So it's always ABAB or ABAC type of structure. Yeah, that's great. Super interesting. Yeah, because some people work very differently. Some people like one person does everything of this and then the other person does all of this. But I kind of like that you guys can just jump in. Because I guess you guys both have your own experience as producers too. Like you guys had both won the DJ. Was it a DJ competition or production? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a DJ competition. DJ competition. So like, we I mean, were not very experienced at that point. Yeah, totally. You're both into it though, like, and, yeah. and kind of trying to learn. Yeah. 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 Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. Super cool. Um. But yeah, I wanted to um, kind of go back to the out is that is that how a lot of like the stuff played out on dichotomy as well like just the back and forth zoom sessions like well, so dichotomy was written when we were both together in oh perth. Yeah, yeah you were both in perth for sure yeah yeah okay we so just finished just... up the mixing process remotely right so you because you've just recently moved to sydney uh yeah like just before this last wave so like sure early this year uh, okay cool yeah um so and, last and, <laughs> yeah and also a lot on the album, I noticed you guys like did a decent amount of collaborations, which um, from with like other Australian artists and obviously other internationals. Like one of them is you know Payne with Josh Pan, which is also on the album, um, which is the most recent single you guys put out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like how were the collaboration processes as well? Like was that um, like was there anything you guys learned from that, or yeah, what was it like? We have I mean, we- collaborated on the past. I'll let you go. You go. Yeah, I was going to say we we um, you know we're very familiar with collaborating with yeah. people. You know, we don't sing, so we often bring yeah. singers on board. And I, you know, the, the sort of general theme for the collaborators on this album was just working with the right person for the job, and yeah. who you know we knew that we had a good relationship with. So a lot of the collaborators are people who we've worked with before. Actually, not all of them, but many of them. So. Um, yep. Josh Pan, we did uh, a track with him and, and Quicks called Vision a few years ago. Yeah. Um, Twirl, we worked on um, a charity track for the for the bushfires um, yep. last year. Sydney Carter obviously was on our track Afraid Unafraid, which um, was great. Yeah. Um, so so it was sort of like 
we sort of amassed this this network of, of great you know writers and vocalists and, and producers and we just sort of called on on our friends to be like hey we're putting yeah. together an album you know we know you're the right person for the job we know you can nail it let's do it mm. um, you know one of my favorites uh one of my favorite new ones uh, new people that we worked with was Tori Letzler, um, yeah. aka Tiny Cat on Arc Second. She's right. she's an incredible um, composer. Um, yeah, done incredible. some really big um, big stuff, uh, Hollywood stuff like Mulan's trailer and, and things like this. So awesome. she she put down some incredible orchestrations for the ending of Arc Second and and, is, and, her, and her vocals and and her vocals. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, it was really just about working with. The right person for the job and not really worrying too much about like you know we need to work with this person because it's like a good cosign or it's like cloud sure or, yeah um you know which you know we'll see if that is a good decision <laughs> um but i don't know i i feel like we, the music's going to be way better if if you're working with people who you have a good comfortable working relationship with and you know i think the, the quality of the music speaks for itself mm. 100%. It's it's a just a good good idea in general to um yeah, have a network of people that you work well with and then once you yeah. know that you can like keep coming back for collaborations and when when like you, you need X style singer who would perfectly fit a track then you can just but yeah, work it, with the same people. Even in, even in speaking about that, we we definitely have to give a shout out to What's So Not as well for mm. being like a, a nice sounding board for us as well. Cool. Um, he's he's in a mix of doing his album you know we're about to put up ours and then in the same time he was sort of living in perth for about three months and he was literally staying on my floor um oh awesome and we would just work together and he'll show me stuff from here so we'll, um i'll show i'll show him you know our album and then um and, and you'll see you know he's got he's got writing credits on memory and i think not for you as well so he's he's looked over a couple of them and yeah it's it's just nice like fletch was saying just working with someone that we know and yeah, and have a good working relationship. Him and I went down to you know south of Perth in Dunsborough for like a week, and we just worked on memory and the reprise there for a whole week. Um, awesome. It was nice, you know. Woke up, we went to the beach. He went surfing. I just went for a swim in the afternoon. Back to the cabin that we had, you know, made some music, and at night played a card game called Shithead. I don't know if I can swear, but like we played that card game, and then we just repeat for you know six more days. Um, and it was great. So, yeah, we do awesome. we do like that type of of working relationship with people. Yeah, and we're not like, I think we we have passed the point of being younger producers where we believe we have to do everything. Like I, Fletcher yeah. and I firmly believe in a collaborative music and art is meant to be collaborative. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. There's something to be said about isolated work for sure. I we understand that, and Fletcher and I have have done that before as well. But mm. it's just so much more fun to bring different ideas in. Yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah, that's one thing I've learned as I've had more years. It's like it's fine just to work with other people. I don't know. I I was personally very like held everything. Like I have to master everything. I have to mix everything originally. I'm yeah. like, and then you're like, that's not how the industry actually works. In well, the it's real just world. so much work <laughs> for very very little return. I feel yeah. like it. The the fulfillment that you get. It's nice. I like. I get it. Like Fletch and I used to be like, yeah, we mix our own stuff. We we want to eventually master everything ourselves. But like, no, I I don't think your fans are well. At least a, the the larger number isn't mm. going to be like, well, Slumberjack didn't master their own stuff. Screw this album. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Like no one's gonna say that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. 
um, no, nah, it's good. Good to uh, it also yeah, it also frees you up for the, the things that are important, like making yeah. interesting music. At the end yeah, of the day, exactly. Right? Mm. That's what we are. Yeah, awesome guys. Um, yeah, so for those of you listening who want to keep an eye out for the album, uh, it's coming out the end of this week when this episode is going to air. So it's going to be out on 28th January. I'll chuck the pre-order link in the show notes for this episode. Um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. I really enjoyed it. And off the back of the album, you guys are tentatively, depending on you know the current state of things, um, planning a live tour uh yeah. yeah do you want to dive into that a bit for us yeah so we we are very excited to be getting back on the road um yeah early this year dates to be to be announced um yep. so you know we we've been you know having lots of discussions already about how the show is going to look and how we can really play off this this concept of dichotomy and sort of bring that to the live stage mm. um, for anyone who's seen our live show before um it's always like a kind of unified musical and visual and lighting experience. So we, we spend a lot of time getting lighting programming just right um, and the visuals obviously matching the music because so it's kind of like a full um, a full visual audio experience rather than just being like music and a you know lighting show. Yeah. Um, everything's like built from the ground up and integrated. We actually do all the visuals ourselves just awesome. so we can have that level of control over like almost every sound has like a corresponding visual or a light or something which corresponds to it. So everything's tied in this really um, seamless way, which I think um, should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of work, um, yeah, a lot of work. To, to, to put it together, but I'm really excited to, to bring these new songs mm. to, to crowds because it's just been so long that we haven't. It's not so it's scary. Like for, for this is the, I think the first tour proper, like, Fletch and I had to look at our entire discography and choose to omit 50% of it to not be played. Sure. Because it's so, so much work to go into, like, you can't just chuck another song in the set. It's kind of like you have to prepare everything for that, right? Right. And also yeah. playing just the new stuff. Like, the album itself is 12, you know? Mm. like uh, We've actually got more songs than we can fit into a show at this point. At this point, yes. yeah. Um, which is, like, it's a nice position to be in. It's just like a, a greatest hits type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, that's exciting. And um, can you say whether, like, like how far is the tour going? Can you say kind of what areas you're going in yet or is it still a bit? Yeah, well, so getting, we're going to try to hit the capital cities, right? Not oh, capital, yeah. sorry, the main cities. Yeah, nice. We're going to try to hit the main cities of, of Australia for sure. Awesome. At least that's on the, you know, pending how everything goes. It's yeah, it's anxious enough as it is, you know. Mm. And then hopefully um, once this whole thing settles down, you'll be able to take it elsewhere as well as soon as that's possible right mm-hmm. yeah well yeah we've got plans we've got some international some international dates locked in already which is really exciting sweet awesome yeah well um i suppose if anyone's interested in those just keep an eye on your guys socials which will also be in the uh show notes for this um but yeah um i guess slowly bringing this to a close um wanted to ask like this is something we ask kind of everyone who comes on the the show and i think you know both of you can kind of chime in here um because you may have different answers but like obviously you guys have been producing for a while you've got a like a fairly successful career now um it's kind of a trick question but (laughs) if you if you had a time machine 
and you could go back and change one thing that you guys did, what do you think that would be? Huh. I feel like I ask myself that a lot, but the answer keeps changing. <laughs> let me let me think about this. If we had a time machine. Buy all the crypto. <laughs> <laughs> just quit uh, music, just live off crypto. No, not um, quit music, because that still would be a passion. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Gee, if we could do one thing. Differently. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, a well, trick I, question. But it is, it is, yeah. It's a tough, because I, like, I, I genuinely feel that like, everything that we've done has led us to where we are now, and I'm really, yeah. really happy with where we are now. Yeah. Um, and... You know, I, I guess perhaps you know, um, you know, things would be different if we if we'd stayed in Australia, if we'd never gone to LA. Sure. Um, but I don't know if that would be the right thing to do. I would definitely be interested to see what, what would have happened been. if we didn't. Yeah. And we just stayed in Australia and then sort of like done like tours over there rather than actually relocating everything. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe what about what about moving to Sydney early on too? That could have been different too. I don't think, I think we made the right choice there. I think mm. we made the right choice in Perth. Yeah. Yeah, and, so it's uh, hard. Yeah, genuinely, I, I actually think nothing. I think this this is something that we did say, mention as a joke though. We, we, we might not have chosen the name Slumberjack. Maybe maybe chosen a name that starts with A. So when you have alphabetical <laughs> billing, you're a number, or, or like a numeral, like, you know, 12 Planet, that's always like, yeah, like, yeah. It's like the first on any American billing. <laughs> and like, I love 12 Planet. Um, but like that's just the smartest thing. Like maybe maybe yeah. I, like zip like double O something double O A A A A A. Yeah. No, but like yeah. uh, we'll be on we'll be on numbers. We'll be beating the alphabets. Yeah. Or just exclamation or, mark. I think there a is symbol. a band that does that exclamation marks. Yeah. yeah. Triple, X, triple exclamation mark. Right. It's pronounced. Yeah. I saw one once where it was. Uh, it was a festival and Uzi was on the festival. And yeah. It was like. Oh, it's the Omega symbol, so that may, it's means Uzi. it's like at the top. You know? Oh, that's a symbol. Yeah. <laughs> I was we like, sh- "That's that's a cheeky move." We'll should just sign. switch to uh, like reverse alphabetic order as the new standard, just to like give so all the Z- is yeah, give all the Z's at the chance, and yeah, you'll be closer to the top. That's right. Yeah, Zeke beats up top. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. The the only the one part that I remember uh, that I really in- I, I found really cool was I think Lollapalooza lineup. Yeah, I can't remember. Or was it Holy Shit? Summerjack was right next to Skrillex because oh, it's vertical. Cool. Nice. That felt good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not right. that we're in any, 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 anywhere close to being on his tier. Um, oh, that's still cool though. That's that's awesome. It's like if you look for Skrillex, you'll see Summerjack. So we kind of like you know thanks thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the other way. Just pick a name as close as possible to Skrillex, and then yeah. maybe you'll end up near him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Ed Fletcher yeah. and I would change anything. We're pretty stoic about things like that. We nah, totally pretty happy where we are. So changing mm-hmm. something might have a butterfly effect that might change everything now. Yeah, that's why I say it's a trick question because I'm like, you, you, you never really would because you've learned those lessons that you've learned from doing that thing that might have might or might not have been a mistake or or you know you could have gone about that differently but you didn't. So it's like. Is mm. what it is, right? But if I get to bring my experiences back, that might be a different story, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, that would be like I'm not, I'm not restarting. Let's say, like right now, like yeah. time goes back, I say the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah I lose seven years you... of my life, though. Yeah, true. Yeah, you have to re like your. Yeah, you have all the knowledge you've got now, but then you have to like 
go through the process of doing it. Yeah, I think everyone would do that differently. It's also why like, I don't believe you can really reverse engineer anyone's success. It's like Skrillex blew up the way he blew up. You guys blew up the way you blew up. It's like, mm. you can't really go. I can't go and you copy can't. you guys. Yeah. No, you, you really can't. It's, I mean, yeah. It's a com- yeah, we have that conversation all the time. Like, how did this guy do it? Like, yeah. it's, it's just so unique to the blueprint of that person's journey. And the time and the yeah. luck. It's, it's not something, because that's probably the most common question is like, yeah. how? how do I, you know, how do I get my music heard by people? Yeah. And I genuinely don't know the answer. Like, if I was a st- an artist starting out now, I there were a few things I could do, maybe. Mm. Just write the best music I could and... Yeah. And like try and meet as many people as I can. But really apart from that, like the rest is sort of up to so many factors that it's it, it really is mostly just luck. I mean there's something to say about at the time when we're putting music out, we had SoundCloud. Yeah. You it's know, a different now, environment now, yeah. Yeah, it, it's man, I would again t- going back in time nothing. I'm pretty happy with what our past was, you know. Uh, it would be very mm-hmm. daunting to start a project now yeah it is an interesting landscape like um this is a good tangent by the way like i've been thinking about this a lot like if you had no if you were just starting out as a producer now like or a, oh man it, it's like yeah Jeez, um, you're not making it sound great oh, oh, put them on a piece <laughs> out now, mate. Jeez. No, just, I, I feel i just feel for them you know i feel for them <laughs> I, I wish i had the answer i wish i could have yeah. like, of more help i mean i guess we were all like that at the beginning though like we did no one really knows what they're doing at the beginning anyway yeah but like at the yeah. time it was so open and such an open plan it was such an open conversation like our trap on reddit was popping up people were sharing soundcloud links like when's the last time someone share you a soundcloud link it's always debris link mm-hmm. yeah right debris yeah yeah and then and then like you know when we started out too fletch and i never spoke about paying uh, a service, a distribution service to pitch for editorial playlists or any sort of playlist. Yeah, sure. You know, but now it's a now. Now I feel like it's a common conversation to be had. Uh, well, also, I think it just to. depends on the level of artist that you're at. Like, if you're starting out, you're not going to be paying a PR company to push your music, really. Because, no, but you can pay fifty dollars yeah. to something. You know, like one of those services. We that did. I've Remember, we paid thirty bucks to submit our demos to some blog you had to pay ten dollars per song to submit for consideration on the blog we never oh, yeah. got picked we didn't yeah. get picked. we spent 10 bucks we spent yeah. 30 we submitted three songs and they oh, all sucked man. so i'm not surprised <laughs> yeah that's all um, what it comes down to though is at the end of the day is the quality of the music and uh that speaks i to think itself. quality quality is important but in the landscape that we're in in the moment where there mm. is so many people making this style of music because mm. of ease of access to technology and, and tutorials and, and schools and things yeah um i think well the two 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 main things is one is you have to have great quality music but focus on the uniqueness you know mm. make or something make, out. make something that is weird you yes know? it doesn't have to be try and make good weird is basically yeah. the goal everyone should be having make it weird in a good way yeah um and and even if it's not like how you have you know even if it's not like a doesn't sound like it's going to be a hit song if it's weird enough people will remember it and that's kind of just as important yeah um, and then the other thing is um i forgot so that's the only tip you get today well <laughs> but, but i think what fletch is saying is the idea of just being able to be spoken about to your mates yeah that's just the that's market marketing right or or, or being remarkable getting being able to speak to someone else about it um, yes but like 
making weird for the sake of being weird is not good. But let I I think that I think what Fletcher trying to say the second the second tip is let your weird come through. Like your your weird needs to come through. Yeah, versus like just making it because it yeah yeah um and make it musical. And people mm. will talk about it. Um, I think people remember that better. So the formula is the formula if we can have one is to have a nice good song if a song can be sang or played on the guitar and piano and sang and already be memorable you have a very good starting point uh number two what texture which is something such and i dabble in we spoke about earlier today Mm -hmm. um can you incorporate into this good idea already so then they both have this great synergy of being remarkable that there's good ear candy and then underlying it's still a very good backbone for a really good song. Yeah, that what that's a that's gold actually. Like I think that's really like if you can if you can put a formula on it. Like although it's mm. hard to do that. Like that would be the closest thing I could imagine. Like I think one song that comes to mind is like um, Gaultier, uh, like somebody that I used to know. Like that is yeah. a like it's a kind of a pop song, but the texture is so weird. Like yeah. and it worked so well. Like. Uh, back in the day when it came out, like, I remember it blew up. I'm like, this is a like I I wasn't like a huge huge fan of it. I thought it was cool, but like people loved it for some reason. And also was, because there's yeah. one other factor. It's that it's very simple. It's very simple. It's yeah. a nurse. It's basically a nursery rhyme, right? What's that melody mm. in there again? Fact um bum 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 yeah. Ba uh, ba black sheep. Yeah, that's so true. Ba ba black yeah. sheep. Da 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 da. Right, but it's yeah. a different one. Da 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 da. That's yeah. just Baba Black Sheep. Lawsuit which is also ABCD. Which is AB, yeah, and, and, Twinkle, and Twinkle, 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 Twinkle Little Star. Star. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's like, a who same owns that song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no one. one. Yeah. Genius. Yeah, if so any, good. like as a musician, I'm like, oh, that masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. That's a great thought, actually. Yeah, man. Nah. See, Porter Robinson had one too. Dormi Lasso Fati, though. So on true. Nurture on album. Nurture. Just That's... basic C major skill. Mo- moving up in mm. polyrhythms. And mm. Jack, just keep it simple. Mm. It's the key. That's awesome. Well, on that note, guys, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for jumping on again. Um, I will leave them in the description. But again, uh, where can people find you online, socials, etc.? cetera? Uh, Slumberjack Music on Instagram and just Slumberjack everywhere else. Yep. sweet as and yet keep an eye out for those tour dates and the album again is in the description dichotomy out this friday awesome guys yeah. thanks so much thanks for coming for on this. it's been awesome thank yeah. you for having us thank you man thank you sweet <laughs>